The Paper Room, episode nine, everybody. We're here. Nine. Nine. We're nine episodes in. This is great. Uh, This has been really fun for me, and I hope it's been uh, encouraging for you guys. We've talked about a wide range of topics already, even within nine episodes, Uh, and today's going to be a great one as well. Uh, So welcome to the Paper Room podcast for maybe this is for you, your first time listening, first time watching. Welcome. We're so glad that you are with us, Uh, and we're excited. My name is Danny, joined as always by Isha and Nick. Well, not always because she took some time she off. She did take some time <laughs> I took off. a little break. And you Just know what Drake says break. about nine, right? What does he say? He says, you turn the six upside down, it's a nine now. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Mind-blowing. I didn't know that. Wisdom. I always love your cultural quotes <laughs> um, and your cultural uh, illustrations. Uh, but we are in episode nine now. This whole goal of the podcast is to really uh, help young adults navigate the craziness of life uh, as young adults are trying to figure out who to date, who to marry, what college to go to, what job to go after, what place to live at, uh, and even how you uh, really wrestle with your calling as a minister of the gospel because we believe every single person who calls upon the name of Jesus uh, is a minister of the gospel. And so we just want to help you in your faith journey. Uh, And so we're talking about different practical topics from a theological perspective of really going after these things to help encourage you as you faithfully live out your faith in Jesus Mm -hmm. uh, in everyday life. And so today is going to be a good one. Uh, The month of May is actually uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. And so we're going to talk about that topic of, of mental health, anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of how do we walk in that? Like, like if you are a Christian, um, can you struggle with this type mm-hmm. of feeling, right? Uh, or is this only applies to non-Christians, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's an obvious answer there. Uh, mm-hmm. But but just really, how do we faithfully walk through this life? But also, how do we wrestle with the things that this life throws at us, right? Yeah. Uh, we think about 2020. It was the pandemic year, uh, and, and everybody was uh, just throwing a curveball, right? Everybody came to a complete stop, a complete mm-hmm. halt, and had to literally stop what you were doing. Uh, and it did a lot of damage to our minds. And maybe for so many of us, we really haven't, process what that really did. Uh, that's obviously an easy example of, of a reference point, but maybe for somebody you walked through something when you were young, yeah. uh, whatever moment that that maybe is a trigger point for you. Um, and, and our goal today is really to just throw out some resources, throw out some conversational questions of getting this conversation started. I do want to say uh, that none of us are licensed counselors. None we're, of us. We're not professionals. Uh, but what I can say is we all love Jesus and our desire yes. is to help uh, you follow Jesus faithfully uh, with whatever that you are walking through yes. uh, but you know me being the stat guy here we go some stats <laughs> uh, but this is something I did uh, reach out this this comes from um, a really good um Instagram page, but also a resource called the Resolution Movement okay. uh, that they put out a lot of resources. Uh, this is um, uh, my buddy Ben Bennett is a part of this, uh, but it's also alongside uh, Josh McDowell and those guys, Apologetics. Uh, but they, they do a lot of work in uh, just really revealing ways to practically uh, battle against mental health and anxiety. But they did point out recently that the number of adults struggling with anxiety and depression rose from 11% to 41% in the past few years. Wow. wow. And suicide is second leading cause of death among people ages 10 through 34 wow oh uh, as young as 10 yeah um, and so and there's been a, a crazy uptick of of uh college students yeah. uh athletes and i mean just suicide is just uh, a, a real 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 big issue yeah in, in the lives of young adults yeah and so so we don't want to uh steer away from this conversation because we believe that every single person is valuable mm-hmm. uh and so we want to mm-hmm. want to help uh you see the value in your life we want to help you uh really walk in, in victory we want to help you thrive uh in this life as you follow jesus as well and so uh so this will be pretty uh weighted conversation but but i think it's also going to be great uh for us as well and so um just i think starting off with this deep topic um one of the things that we can do is, is be willing to to be vulnerable about this yeah. uh, and maybe look at um, and not coming off as, oh, we have it all figured out. Here's what you should do because we know what we're right. doing type of thing, uh, but rather be willing to maybe even share uh, how this has maybe had an effect on us uh, individually. And so just kind of thinking about using that example of 2020, mm-hmm. um, how has there ever been a moment in your life where you felt a struggle with mental health, anxiety, maybe depression, um, and really looking at like, what was 2020 like for you? Well, I'll just share uh, a, a little bit about my, my story. Uh, my dad left when we were six. One of the things that I really applaud my mom for doing is uh, she put my, my twin sister and I in, in therapy um, at a young age. And so, um, you know, I, I hear about people saying, oh, there's a stigma, you know, against uh, uh, there's a stigma with mental health and mm-hmm. 
seeking help and there I didn't have that just because you know mm. I thank thank God for my mom wow. kind of putting us in that early um and so I have always just really been interested in that field uh pursued psychology as a major in in, in, in college and um and yeah so I I am a very uh introspective person I try to be in tune with my mind and emotions and mm-hmm. things like that um and so so yeah uh the pandemic for me it revealed and i don't think the pandemic made anybody anything i think it revealed yes and 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 the pandemic made us sit with ourselves mm-hmm. and we don't do that and yeah i didn't do that and mm-hmm. i was like man i gotta get out i gotta help people i gotta mm-hmm. you know and so that 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 that's what it did for me the pandemic revealed like man you know you do not always have to be on the go yeah like when the world is 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 stopped like you can press pause as well mm-hmm. um and so yeah yeah i remember um early on like we were still living in new york when the pandemic hit and our apartment was uh, like a 400 square foot apartment so about the size of the room that we're in right now probably <laughs> the paper room. uh <laughs> size, size of the paper room um and i remember because you know you think about the news everything is being said like don't do this do this put a mask on whatever all that stuff um but i remember people living outside of new york city like complaining and saying why are new yorkers outside mm. Like, what are y'all doing? Get inside, get inside. And I'm like, being cooped up in a 400 square foot apartment, like, <laughs> we're going to go take a walk at the park. I got to um, go outside. And, because, and that's what they're encouraging people to do is like, go take a walk outside because, you know, you're just cooped up in that mm-hmm. little space uh, all day long, literally. And, and there was obviously the element of fear that the news was projecting on, you know, don't breathe type of thing. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was crazy. Uh, and it's interesting you said that, um, and not to, to continue to bring it up, but you know, you mentioned you lost your dad at a young age. Yeah. Um, something like I never really processed growing up, uh, but like my group of best friends, like my, my, my guy best friends, um, as I think about it, like none of them had their original dad, Mm -hmm. either they lost their dad uh, Mm -hmm. or they had stepdads. And, and in high school, I just never even thought about it. But, but as you think about it, like, man, I, I, I really don't know. And I would love to communicate with them of what that maybe has an effect on their life. Um, But just thinking like so many people have experienced that, uh, you know, traumatic experiences. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, uh, 2020 for me, um, I was talking to Isha about this the other day, but, uh, but part of me, like I, yeah, there's a struggle, you know, we, we were, didn't know what really to do type of thing, but also like, I, I love to sit and read and drink coffee. If you follow me on Instagram, you know, that's true. Right. Uh, and so, but it's one of those things where like, I just got to like study a lot. Uh, and so I really felt like I, I, I wouldn't say I thrived in it, but it's like I really enjoyed the the stopping yeah. uh, and mm-hmm. just spending time in reading. That helped you do more of what you wanted to do. Right, a hundred percent. And so, um, so that was. Uh, but but it was still like a struggle because we we're just like, man, like we're trying to plant this church, we're trying to do mm-hmm. this mission, we're trying to do all this stuff, and we just we came to a halt. And if and and, we, and no one knew how long it was going to last, right? Uh, so it's just this this weird tension of decisions and things like that. Um, what about for you, Isha? Uh, for me. Uh, I think if I could describe it any way when it comes to mental health, um, I guess I was very uneducated just growing up. Um, Even all through high school, I just never really heard much about it. I never, even from friends, like I never heard much from them that they would struggle with these things. And then in my own family, we never really talked about these things. But as I've gotten older, I realize, oh, well, that family member, like they have anxiety or or whatever. Like I see it as I get older and then we'll talk about it. But um, I think that I was very just just naive, just unknowing of the actual, um, you know, struggles that people go through when it comes to mental health. And I never struggled with it either. So I think that I I just was not on on a learning plane. But when I did finally you know, have to go through some anxiety. It was when the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was the very first time for me. um, We were sent home to work. My work was doubled. And Hmm. it was, 2020 was trying not to be overly dramatic or anything, but that has been so far the worst year of my life, the hardest year of my life. And I'm trying not to get emotional. 
but I think that a lot of a lot of me has tried to block out the year Mm, like subconsciously like I don't I don't sit there and try to be like forget about it but my my brain and my body has tried to like okay it's over things are better now and Mm. I just try to push it out of my brain um so as I was thinking about this this episode um I I want to continue to learn more about myself because Mm. I think that in that time um, I was struggling so much with who who I was in my personality mm. a lot because I was by myself for the first time ever. Of course, I had my family, but I had to go to different parts of the house to work because I, I was trying to be creative, to create, to produce, to help people give them hope when, right. when it was like, I'm struggling with for hope sure. too. Yeah. Um, it was definitely a battle, a struggle. But in that time... It's it's God's amazing grace, right? That I can say this was the hardest year of my life so far, and yet in that time is the closest I've ever been to God. Wow, that's since, That's good. Since I've been a Christian, that's um, I was leaning on Him every single day, having to wake up in the morning and say, "Lord, I need you," because mm. I cannot. I just I can't it. do it by myself. Yeah. So for me. Um you know, I shared a little bit about 2020, but one of the toughest years of my life was actually 2019. Um, it was it was one of those aspects of um, exciting, but also filled with anxiety. Uh, so it was a transition time where we moved from McAllen to New York City and that whole story uh, that you probably already know. Um, but that year I was also turning 30. Uh, so that was like a weird like feeling like, okay, I'm 30 now. Like this is like my, my legs are starting to hurt probably when they shouldn't. <laughs> Still look 25. Um, and so thank you. It's, yeah, that's why I cut my hair. Um, and so, so yeah, it's like, it was this weird feeling of, of we're trying to, to start this church. We're praying that people will come, but then it's also the feeling of no one's going to show up. Uh, but then I was turning 30. So it's like, what am I going to do for the next decade of my life when it comes to the ministry that God has called me to? Um, you know, we're still trying to raise funds and, and, financially be able to live in that city. Um, and then what I started noticing was, uh, I started feeling my heart beat. Like, like right now, like, I don't know if you, you don't feel your heartbeat. You just know it's beating, right? Because right. you're obviously living. Yeah. Uh, but I started feeling it. Like it, it didn't hurt, but I felt it. And, and I thought that feeling was very strange. And I was just like, that's, ah, it's nothing. It's too much coffee. Um, <laughs> I was also working at a coffee shop at that time. So I was <laughs> drinking way too much coffee. Uh, but then it like two weeks into it, I was like, this is happening too long. Like something mm-hmm. is, is not right. Um, and, uh, so then I, and we'll get to this here in a second. Uh, but I was afraid to tell somebody about it. Like, like why, like I shouldn't feel this way. Like I'm, I, I felt somewhat young. I was excited about ministry and all this other stuff. Like I shouldn't feel this way. And I kept telling myself like, you're like, you're good. Like nothing's wrong with you. Uh, but then after a while I was like, I think I need to go to the doctor. Like, like something is wrong with me. Um, and and I remember just like telling someone like, Hey, I'm going to go get checked up really quick. Not a big deal. Um, and then, um, like right before I was going to go to the doctor, like the, the night before, like I remember even fearful of even telling Summer that I felt this way. Mm-hmm. And we're laying in bed uh, and and my I couldn't sleep because I could just feel my heart throbbing. Not fast in, in a good rhythm, but it was just, I just felt it. Um, and then finally I was like, I just got to tell her at least. I got to tell somebody. Uh, so I finally was willing to say, hey, something is feeling wrong. My, I can feel my heartbeat. This is weird. Um, and as soon as I told her, it, it felt like I got 50% better. Like wow. it wasn't like automatically better. Sure, like, no. like, Oh, I don't need to go to doctor after all. Right. I still felt like I still probably should go, but I felt like just a sigh of relief. Um, and that's a conversation I want to get to here in a little bit, but it's just like that feeling of, of if somebody is struggling with, um, with mental health, with anxiety, with depression, with anything of that nature, uh, like, why do we feel like we can't tell nobody about it? Yeah. Uh, and I say we, cause I felt that way. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't tell nobody about this. Like I, I have to live up to this uh, reality of who I am type of thing. Um, and so, yeah, I'd love to kind of talk about that with you guys is why do we feel like we can't tell nobody about this struggle? One of the things I think, uh, and <clears throat> you know, like we've said, we are not licensed professional mental uh, health practitioners. We're not that. But one of the things I think is so important um, that that we have to address when we deal with 
mental health is we have to deal with this issue of shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we ask the question, can Christians struggle with right. mental health? In my mind, that is not, I don't want to say it's a dumb question. In my mind, that is not a good question mm. because can a Christian can a Christian struggle with physical health? Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then a Christian can struggle mm-hmm. with mental health. That's good. Yeah. If I can get physically sick, then guess what I can do sometimes? Mm. I can get mm-hmm. mentally sick. And there is no shame for a person that twists their ankle. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was afraid of that. I went running outside the other day for like the first time and I was like, please don't. <laughs> you know, I mean, but but ankle. but you know, you you twist your ankle, you break your leg. Well, you're going to deal with that. And and mm-hmm. you know what? I mean, the 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 tools for you know, healing our broken arm. Like you got a cast, you mm-hmm. look, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that is very visible, mm-hmm. but I think the shame mm. that comes from from struggling with mental health keeps us suffering longer than we should. Wow. Mm-hmm. And your and your testimony keeps us suffering I would say more severely yeah. than we should. Like it you said adds it, to it. it didn't, you know, go all the way away, but right. it got 50% better when somebody that you trusted knew. knew. Yeah. And I think that shame we got to deal with that because it's almost like the shame compounds the 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 mental illness. Because you are feeling guilty about something mm-hmm. that is a reality of living in a broken world. Mm-hmm. David says, you know, <laughs> I, I was I was shaping in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive. Like we we are in a broken world, things don't work how they should all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think if we would uncover the shame, we would be able to, you know. Deal with it a little bit. It's like you said that it's it's visible when we can mm-hmm. when we have healing, you know, band aids and mm. casts and, and whatever. And so I think part of um, us and people not wanting to share is that it's not visible what's going on up here. So anytime you were, if you are to share something, there's just this underlying fear that. Well, they can't see it, so how do they know it's real? Mm. Or how do they know mm. that it's this deep or this bad? Or it, I can try to explain it as much as I can, but what if I can't describe it the way it actually feels? And then right. they can't, you know, fully grasp. And by the way, nobody will ever be able to fully grasp, right. you know, what's going on inside because it's a totally different person. But um, just the fact that it's it's not visible and we have to try our best to express to someone that this is a real struggle maybe it's parents and and i know what we've heard from our students in our student ministry some of them have said that my parents don't believe that this is a real struggle my parents don't believe that i i'm struggling with anxiety or that it's a real a real thing yeah i I love that you went there because i want to go here um I love to talk about what role does, and we've kind of hit on this a little bit already, but what role does community play in this? And so we talked about like, there's that shame factor of, of telling somebody. And so I want to talk about the importance of community with this, but also, um, you know, you, you mentioned that, that story that parents are, you know, they're, they're saying they don't believe me. And so kind of from the other side, how do we respond to somebody who is maybe is, is gets to the point of willingness to share to, Hey, I struggle with this. Uh, because I think how we respond in that moment is really important. Uh, but also it's, it's a very humbling thing to be willing to admit that you struggle with this, right? And like, we've already talked about a little bit. Uh, it was very humbling for me in that moment to tell Summer, like, hey, I don't, something feels weird inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, and so what I want to talk about is like, how do we receive that information well? Uh, and maybe what are some, not applicational points, but what are some just like next steps of what we can do in yes. that moment? It's hard for me because I, I, you know, I'm a pastor in ministry. I, I'm a solutions guy. Uh, mm. I like to fix things. Me too. Um, Which is why I think I I did I wouldn't say well, but whatever. But in the in 2020, I felt the same thing. Like I need to give people hope. Yeah. Right. That's, so and what, that's me. What am I going to do? I'm going to put scripture on screens because there's all this crazy stuff on screens. And, and that that's me. So at, when people yeah. come to me, you know, I'm 
like my first thing in my mind is boom, 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 solution, right. solution, solution. Mm. That's not always the most helpful thing. Correct. Because if somebody comes to you, you know, struggling with mental illness, um, I think the important thing to do is to, you know, thank them mm. and leave the door open mm -hmm. with listening. But also, I would say communicate in a way, and I don't know how to fully say this correctly, communicate in a way to where that person that brought you the issue is actively fleshing out solutions mm. to the issue. You know what I mean? That's good. It's like, uh, you know, as the, as they talk and, and as you, you know, invite them with your with with your ear, allow them to give you their heart. Yeah. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And 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 as as they give you their heart, you know, you you'll you'll start to you'll start to be able to I, I think encourage them or you know gently. Mm -hmm. nudge them in the right direction or you know um and another i'm just say this another thing that sometimes i have to do for my mental health to the people that i'm really close to like the people that i love um you know i i can only be an ear for so long before it starts to negatively affect me oh mm -hmm. wow yeah. and um you know i do think the people in your life uh you have to honestly have those conversations mm -hmm. um, because if, like you said, if we're in community, if we're in relationship, you know, I had, I had to tell that to somebody I love recently. I said, listen, um, you know, you know, I love you and I do love you. And, and I keep hearing this and I'm not trying to be selfish. I know it's hard for you to experience this, mm -hmm. but I've been hearing this a lot from you for a long time. And it's starting to affect me in a negative way. Right. Yeah. How should I respond? You know, it, it, it's like you, you. No, it, I, and I've had that man just in student ministry and you know ministering to young adults. Uh, you know, one of the things you want to do is you want to be personable with people, real to people. So it's like, yeah, bro, here's my phone number, man. Text me if you ever need anything. <laughs> but then when they're texting you at eleven o'clock at night that they're struggling with, you know, suicidal thoughts. Um, I'm just like, what do I do right here? Well, what you do um, right there is you send somebody. Right, for sure. Know? And that's what I, you know, yeah. like I don't play around with certain words mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Because even, even like if you're if you're uncomfortable, discomfort, uh, you know, uneat, like anxiety, that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. You know, depression, that's a real thing. And I don't ever want to downplay people's feelings. But I read a tweet uh, and I forgot who it was from. Forgive me, but he said, let's honor these words by using them when, not when it's really necessary, but by using them for what they're for. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, just because yeah. you're nervous don't mean you have anxiety. Yeah. Right, yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I get, you know, I get butterflies in my stomach too when I got to <laughs> preach. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have anxiety though. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I we need to honor that, but I feel like I'm talking too that's much. That's good. I love that. Um, yeah. So yeah, role of community. What, what do you think you should like? Just like the, you know, it's it's kind of a follow up of of the fear, the shame of telling somebody, but mm -hmm. but if why the the community aspect is so important with this. Yeah, I think I mean the first thing that came to mind if we, if I stay on that topic of of parents or maybe mm -hmm. it's even friends that that have expressed a lucidity, if that's a word, of of mental word. health. Um, you know, kind of treating it very loosely and like you Lucid know. Um, if that is is um you know in in front of you for those people maybe if you are listening and you've you've you know parents or whoever um felt that you've treated people in this way i would say to believe the best about the person mm. even if you know this person super well and maybe they have a habit of over exaggerating or maybe they mm. do have a habit of being dramatic sometimes like always believe the best about the person and what they express is going on and what they're feeling um because we don't know like we can always you know in our own minds come up to conclusions well i think that they're just this is right, whatever right, right. but believing the best about the person puts us in um in a, a place to be more like jesus That's to good. react in a way that's 
you know, he, like the woman at the well. He he knew what was going on mm-hmm. behind the scenes. He knew. Um, but he still treated her with kindness and mm-hmm. respect. He didn't call her out. He didn't expose her in front of the town. Um, so I think in, in, you know, in ways that we can respond, um, one of the things that I guess I wish, well, actually, my parents did this for me. I'm just realizing. Um, but I was on the you know, on the brink of breakdown because I was also in school during that pandemic time. Um, and I, I couldn't, and I don't like crying in front of my parents. makes Mm -hmm. me feel weird because I'm always the rock of the family, Mm -hmm. which does not have to be true. 24, 24, seven. Right. Um, but I remember them like I was on the floor and I was crying and they were just praying over me. Oh, man. And so I think if you don't know what to say, if you don't know what kind of resources to give to somebody, if you don't have time to pull out your phone and Google something or to get a phone number for someone, pray. Right. Good. That's yeah, good. Prayer, prayer is powerful. That's um, good. And I love that you brought up Jesus, obviously, because I think... Um, you know, the Bible talks a lot about these topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all over. You read the book of Job, you know, it's it's a intense, sad story. Um, and But then you also think about Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> but then also, like, like you, how, how do we respond? We respond like Jesus, right? We show love to the person um, with really whatever struggle. If it's a physical struggle, you know, a mm-hmm. physical sin uh, or a, an, a mental, emotional uh, struggle that you're facing as well. And so... Um, we respond like Jesus. And, and one thing uh, that I love what you said is that, that Jesus didn't just call her out to the whole town. Like right. he had a moment with her. Um, and so I think uh, of a kind of a adjustment towards this, this topic, uh, one thing that I feel like our culture does probably quicker than, than we should um, is we label people right away. So like, okay. And like you said, just cause you have butterflies or something doesn't mean you have anxiety. Right. Um, and so using the words correctly is that we label people really quickly. Um, and so it's like, okay, well you struggle with this, you have depression, here's some medication. Do you have anxiety? Here's some medication is, is we label and then we medicate like really, really fast. And, mm-hmm. and for some people, you may need to get to that point yes. of medication, which yes. there's there's no shame in that. Like, no. like that's right. uh, there's a miracle of medication. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and so, uh, but what I also love is that Jesus doesn't uh, label people by that. Um, and I love Matthew chapter six. Um, you know, I, I'm with you on like I I just want to give solutions, and yeah. so I I've been trying. Uh, and Summer's been on her um, kind of mental health journey as well, and she took counseling training, and mm-hmm. that's helped her, and so she's helped me with all this. Uh, but really, uh, just understanding to ask the right questions, I think, is important, and we can get to that when we talk about some practical things. Um, but I'm that I'm like that. Here's a solution: like just do this. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. It's not that hard, but it, it is really. It tough. is. Yeah. Uh, but I love Matthew chapter six. The little subtitle says the cure for anxiety. Right, <laughs> right. So it's like Jesus is giving us the answer to this right here, Amen. Uh, right now. But but what I love that Jesus does in this I was moment, gonna, I was going to say the same thing. Um, sorry, I stole your thing. Stole, um, stole the word from. But he says this, he says, consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather in the barns that your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Yeah. Uh, what I love that Jesus in that moment, what he doesn't do is he doesn't label the person. He reminds them of their value. Come on, he man. Says, your value is so important that your heavenly father knows what you need. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so what I want to talk about for a second is, is the role of labels, right? Is I feel like sometimes we get stuck in our labels that once we are identified as something, we can't get out of that thing. Yes. Right? Um, and and so, then there's yeah. guilt that comes with that, yeah. you know, and, and, and the shame that comes with that or the, or the, you know, the pressure to perform. Yes. Contrary to that. Like, well, I'm not really, I'm, or, you know, like we may fake a healing that we aren't truly walking in, yeah. you know? Um, and I think, so so important things when we talk about labels is I just think of, you know, money, success, mm-hmm. and I think of, you know, uh, status. Right. Well, when like, I read like Instagram posts, it's like uh, with like I follow like business pages. Yeah. Just to see how they're thinking. But it's like everybody's trying to be a millionaire by 25. Right. And if you're not, you're a failure. Right. Is, is the way it's perceived. You have to have multiple streams of income and right. you have to live the hustle life. And, yeah. and here's the thing. Money is not the ultimate source of security. Amen. Success is not the ultimate sign of significance, right? Oof. And then status 
is not the ultimate source of identity. Because we serve a Jesus who was a carpenter. Like, like think about that. He did not come. Mm. He is a king, but he did not come Mm. as a king. He came as a carpenter. And Jesus was fully whole. He was confident in who he was. But, But here's another thing about Jesus. He still faced the hardships of life. Yeah. You know, I, I, one of the things I think that we don't talk about enough is, you know, life happens and it's not always pretty. Um, but what does that have to do with our mental health? Well, I, I think it shows that we can be resilient mm. even when life happens, you know. Yeah. I think labels do have um, a part to play in our mental health Um I'm I'm thinking of things like horoscope and right. you know um, and people see that as like like one <laughs> so uh, and I'll, don't forget what you're gonna say because I want you to say it but uh, one of the first guys I met when I worked at the coffee shop in New York um, I didn't have a key to the shop yet so I was waiting outside for the the main barista to come and open the door for us um, and the guy walked by he's like hey what's up man I was like hey what's up it's like six in the morning talking uh-huh. to this random dude walking by and he goes uh, his first question what what's your sign bro and I was so confused by the question. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm a stop sign. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah. Stop like, like, to like, like, yeah. Your, your zodiac sign, what's your sign? I was like, oh, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, and he's like, oh man, here's what I am. He just like starts going off and I'm like, all right, brother. Well, do you want some coffee? Yeah. But yeah, yeah go ahead. So later. Yeah. And um, I guess, well, so we, we did the Enneagram tests um, kind of right before the pandemic, I guess in 2019. So I was labeled as a nine um and me so, too so I, I don't know what a nine are. a nine is a peacemaker the peacemaker oh, yeah. um Blessed. and so as i was going into this this time um i i realized how many weaknesses i guess a nine has Oof. and i i pretty much like absorb them like i avoid conflict i want everyone to be at peace i want everyone to be good with me um pretty much people pleasing but on the side of i just don't want to hurt anyone i don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or disappoint people yeah um and so with that label through that time of 2020 i broke out of it I had to break out of it wow. because I it was stifling me. And it's weird that we put these personality tests on us and we're like, okay, well, th- it's never going to change. Right. But I genuinely feel, and all the scientists and whoever makes the Enneagram can come up against me, but I genuinely feel <laughs> like I you. grew out of the nine yeah. because okay. of those So are you reasons. a 10 now? No, not a 10. Is that how oh, it works? Just go <laughs> no, to the I next don't number? <laughs> no, no, that's not. I, I really <laughs> I don't think that's how. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I did know. retake the test, so I'm another number now. But now I understand. <laughs> but you're not that number. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the number anymore, but I feel like I out, I outgrew it because of what I went through, because yeah. I had to put all my confidence and who I was, like all of it, all the aspects of who I am onto the King, mm. onto Jesus. And that made me like, I'm not going to fear or avoid things that mm. will help me grow. Yeah. And it just like, it was definitely a, a milestone, I guess, in, in my faith for That's sure. Good. I love that. Uh, so, to kind of summarize that part, um, when we get labeled, it's your Enneagram number, your, your Zodiac sign, your depression, your OCD, your anxiety. Um, it's important to to understand what you're going through to help with treatment, mm-hmm. uh, but also equally important or even maybe I would even say more important to understand that that's not um, – who you are like 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 right. you are yeah. who god says you are yes and so the labels of the culture the labels of even doctors and that, that people put on us uh for what we're walking through they can be helpful to understand how we can overcome this uh but that that's not the the end of who and let are. me say something to, to that that i think is important i think like if if something is identified you know a mental health diagnosis that's helpful as you pursue healing. Yes. But I think you're saying this. You don't wear that as your identity. 100%. You know, Oof. it's like, like like people don't, you know, when I broke I broke my leg in 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 uh high school, you know, people don't 
people didn't call me hey broke leg you know like <laughs> i was still nick you know what i mean and yeah. and so i think that's what people are afraid of what and say that again what you how you are identified is not your identity right yeah, like like so like if you know you have a a, a mental health diagnosis that that is identified that that you you mm-hmm. know because it's it's helpful for treatment right you need that but you don't have to wear that yeah. as an identity like you said that's i love good. what you said you are worth far more yeah uh than that and that's uh acts three um well you see that a lot with uh in scripture in the stories of the bible with people who have like a physical issue right the blind bartimaeus right yeah he's identified by the fact that he is blind, right? That's he can his, see now. That's though. his nickname, but, but right? But he can see now. 100%, right? He got healing from Jesus. But then in Acts chapter 3, uh, you get the story of the disciples going up to the temple into the hour of prayer. Uh, and there is a, a man uh, lame from birth who's carried to the temple gate every single day. Um, and, you know, asking for money, silver and gold I do not have, right? Right. Uh, but what they do is, is is through the power name of Jesus, like he experiences healing. And I love that, uh, I think it's Acts chapter 3, verse 10. Um, that they say, isn't that the one who used to sit and beg, right? And so he was identified as a beggar, right? As someone who could not walk. Uh, but because they saw a change in his life, like that's no longer his his identity anymore, right? Right. Uh, that, that he's right. used to. And so as you consider your life, I would love for you to think about like, what's your used to statement? Like you used to struggle with this, you used to be this, but because of Jesus, you're now this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think when we remind ourselves of our used to, um, then we're going to be able to continue to walk faithfully uh, and really in victory uh, in Christ. And so I want to talk about Bible for a little bit more because uh, the Bible does have a lot to say about this. Um, I, I think one of the realities is that the the reality of mental health, it's a battle of the mind. Mm-hmm. And you see that all throughout Scripture. Uh, and I'll just throw out some verses. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Uh, it's, it's think about these things, mm-hmm. right? Whatever's pure, whatever's honorable, whatever. Uh, Romans 12, verse 2. It's it's the renewing of the mind. Um, you know, don't be conformed to this culture. We be transformed by the mm-hmm. mind. Uh, you also think about Colossians chapter 3. Uh, Set your mind on things that are above. And so you see all throughout scripture, you read the, the New Testament letters even, that half of the book of New Testament, really, normally the first half is like theological, then it gets to practical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you see this flow and this movement as you read through the New Testament letters. Um, and so with that reality of being like a, a mind battle, um, what I would love to kind of talk about and focus on here is this, is that why do you think so much of the challenges of walking faithfully in a relationship with Jesus is so focused on the mind? I think the mind is in control of a lot of things, you know, in what, like, you know, scientifically or biologically, like what we think and what we say, you know, it, it, everything comes from, from the mind and then what we do, you know, with our body and our movements. Um, and so in scripture, all those, all those verses that are telling us to be sober minded to be alert to mm-hmm. um be aware of what the enemy is doing because he's prowling around like a lion um and the the fact that he's able to get in there mm-hmm. that he's able to that's good um you know that's that's a huge thing because we can't see it again like we we're not able to see like oh i i see that there's a party over there so i'm not going to go to the party but in our mind we can't always see what's coming and we can't always see what's happening right now so i think that it's a lot of us having to surrender and i don't know if this goes into our our practical um ways of how how to deal with our mind and how to take thoughts captive. Um, but I know for me, just putting all of those things in surrender and letting go, um, has, has helped me realize the power of the mind. There Mm. is a lot of power in it. Um, and if we acknowledge that it'll help us to battle against it, it'll help us to turn to Jesus and ask him for help in battling certain thoughts or feelings that we, Mike. Yeah. There's a great book uh on this called The Body Keeps the Score. Um you know how trauma affects our mind and and brain and everything like that. Um I, I think that we battle so much in the mind um because we are you know we're humans. Mm-hmm. And you know we talk a lot about spiritual health. Uh, you know, people talk a lot about physical health, but it's almost like the mind is, you know, 
we don't deal with it until it we're forced to. Wow. And this this just goes to okay. show that just because you ignore something does not mean that it won't affect you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like so uh, I think that's why even in the scriptures God puts so much emphasis on think about this. Right. Even Jesus in Matthew 6, consider right. the lilies. Like Jesus is like, "Hey, I know you're anxious, but let me give you something else to consider." Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he incorporates the physical, the spiritual, and the mental all in Matthew 6 when you so think good. about it. He says, "Consider the lilies." Mm-hmm. He says, "You know, take no thought over what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. That's our physical, right? But then he says, "Your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things." Right. That's the spiritual. So Jesus in our healing, he doesn't ignore the mind. That's good. We need to stop mm-hmm. doing it. Right. I love that. Uh, I think about uh, even Paul, he says, uh, Philippians chapter three, you know, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead. Um, you know, I remember like, I mean, I, I preached that passage so many times, like in student ministry, whatever, all that stuff. Um, and then like uh, kind of more recently, it kind of dawned on me, like, like the things that Paul had to forget about, you know, Acts chapter eight, the, the, the story of Stephen, the first martyr and, you know, they're laying the cloaks at, the, oh, yeah. at Paul's feet, right? And he's on his way, Acts chapter 9, to go and, and literally murder Christians. And that was his life before coming to know Jesus. And so it's like the things that he had to renew in his mind, like I can't imagine the battle that he faced. And can I touch mm-hmm. on that go real it. quick? Because sometimes we talk about forgetting. And I think that people confuse, like, what that means in the scripture. Mm. That does not mean that you have no memory right. of, of of what took place in your life or what happened. I, I think that's a lot, uh, you know, a lot of the present mental illness that we deal with today. It, 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 it comes from childhood traumas and mm-hmm. childhood, you know. And I think a lot of people are trying to forget or like you talked about, you know, block it out your mind. And, right. But that's unhealthy, right? Mm-hmm. Here's how I know Paul didn't uh, forget in the sense of not having any of that in his mind. Philippians. <laughs> yeah. That's that's how I know he didn't forget because he talks about his mm-hmm. pedigree, you know, mm-hmm. Hebrew, born, circumcised on the eighth day, you know, of the tribe of Benjamin, mm-hmm. of the, concerning the law. First, so, so Paul remembered his past, but but here's here's where I think forgetting is important. It's not letting those past events negatively shape how I live and pursue yeah. Christ mm-hmm. or that's pursue good. purpose. That's what I think we need to forget. And so, you know, when we deal with mental illness, like we have to come, we have to come to peace with the past. That's good. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, you can't ignore it. Right. You, you, you got to explore it, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not trying to rhyme or be, but, but right. you, you have to sit with those painful mm-hmm. points. And you, it takes some time. And, and, and when time. you sit yeah. with, when you sit with that, the beauty is that you sit with it within the context of relationship with Jesus, right? yeah. who forgave you of your past, whatever yes. you did, but also desires for you to walk in new life that yes. your old has gone away and the new has come. You're a new creation. Yes. And so, so much of this is really a battle of the mind. Like what, what we do with our minds, what we allow into our minds, all of that. It's, it's, it's so, and that's why the Bible talks about so much. Like think about this, right? Whatever is pure, think about that. Um, and so, uh, as we close off, I wanted to kind of talk about, um, just some practical steps. Right. And so we know that like, like here's a, the battle of the mind, whatever. Uh, but what are some practical things that maybe you guys do in your personal life to kind of help with this? Uh, you know, you said you kind of broke out of that, you know, in that, in that year. Uh, but even just now, like, like I think also, you know, I love what you said, like, don't, like we ignore it until we have to address it. Um, but, but we can also do things to kind of proactively oh, yeah. not even get ourselves to that point, oh, yeah. uh, whether it's burnout or, or, you know, anxiety, depression, any of those things. Uh, so what are some practical steps that you guys have uh, when it comes to just really overcoming anxiety, depression? Um, so I'm a big time runner. I exercise as often as I can. I go out and I run. Um, 
during the pandemic, I was out biking if I couldn't run or I would run. Um, I would do something outside to get exercise. And my mom, she runs way more than I do. She has way more time, but she runs almost every single day. And for her, it's it's always been for years uh, a form of therapy for her. Mm. Like it's an escape for her, not in a way of like, I want to forget about what's going on in my real life, but just the exercise does something to you physically. It helps her be present in real life. Yes. Yes. And it's a time of reflection. It, it improves your mood, your overall emotions. Um, and I've learned that from her. So I, I know like in the future and even now, like if I'm having a bad day, if, if it's, something that's not you know detrimental to my faith or anything like that but just something that is affecting me mentally going to run has has helped Forrest me a Gump. lot yeah. <laughs> right. I love and that. I just what does he say <laughs> I, I was just running, kept I just running. Uh, that's what the doctor told me to do when, when I went to the doctor that day uh, we know with my heart pumping he's like um, you know how often do you go like for a walk or run I was like I mean I walk to work um, he's like I right, will we'll go for a walk like wow. like he wasn't like here take this medicine he was like go for a walk I was yeah. like okay because you know, I just think that that idea it just slows you down uh, mm-hmm. allows you to breathe a little bit uh, I'm not to the point where running is enjoyable running still difficult right now um, so you know I feel pain uh, but um, but the idea of getting outside uh, is so important I think one thing for me um, that really helps me is just living in rhythm which I think could be good or bad because I, I for me like when I get off of that rhythm then I feel like oh yeah, what happened, right? yeah. Um, but, but I want to talk about this quote uh, or not talk about it, but just say this quote this is Rebecca Lyons she wrote a book called Rhythms of Renewal uh, but she says this God created in rhythm and established boundaries in rhythm so when we stay within those boundaries we flourish and we walk in peace and purpose but when we get outside of those we pay the price um, our bodies pay the price we don't think that we need to slow down mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I, I love that rhythm of wake up in the morning I'm going to spend time in prayer I'm going to spend time in the Bible and that like kind of how I start my day really sets the tone for the day as well I've tried to do that mm-hmm. uh, with rhythm that, that's one reason why I, I kind of schedule our BT young adults how it is yeah <laughs> you know good. um say what it is because maybe some people don't know what oh the schedule uh, our schedule we meet every other Tuesday right not every uh, week not every yeah. week and one of the reasons was you know uh when I was doing it and praise the Lord, we have a great team now, but when I was doing it, uh, it was just me and, you know, a a very small group of people Mm -hmm. who were doing other things in the church. And, you know, I said, well, we're going to go every other week because that, that helps my rhythm. I I mean, it might've been selfish, but it is. Yeah. I think it's been healthy. Like I think it's healthy. I think young adults need to learn to develop a rhythm now. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Yeah, I was gonna say like it's it's healthy because it's it, you don't need to like we have our Sunday morning gathering every yeah. week, right? And that that's where we're gonna come together. We're gonna worship. We're gonna spend time in the Word. Um, and so I love that that the young adult ministry gathering doesn't doesn't need to happen every week. Yeah. Uh, it, one I feel like it leaves wanting more, so you kind of have that waiting period, that excitement period. But also like, all right, that off Tuesday, like you rest or you gather in community mm-hmm. with yeah. other people. Or live out what you done learned the Tuesday before. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, another thing, uh, what I do, I'm I'm a creative. I love to sing. I love to write songs. I, I mean, my family and I, we did that in the pandemic. We had Poetry Thursdays. Oh, that's so cool. You know, and, uh, you know, everybody, hey, I don't care how whack the poem is, <laughs> uh, but you got to. You got to come with it. That's so funny. You know, and so, you know, <laughs> we would have Poetry Thursdays. Uh, we would have Freestyle Fridays. Just something creative that that just That's fun. helps me. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, I would I would also say this one, celebrate wins, right? Yes. Uh, celebrate the small wins and mm-hmm. the big wins, right? So that the transformation process, it's it's a lifelong journey, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're literally pursuing becoming like Jesus, right? Um, and so it's not going to happen overnight. And so as you take those steps towards Jesus, like celebrate those steps, I would say journal the ways that you've grown, yes. but also journaling um, is very good. It's powerful because then when you have a bad day, you go back and this is how God worked on this yes. day, last That's month, good. last year. Uh, and then it reminds you of the faithfulness of God as you continue to move forward in him. Um, and so I would say celebrate wins. And I also want to emphasize this, uh, but if you if you need to seek medical help, right? That's seek a, help. That's an important 
practical next step. Yes. Um, and the, the last one I'll throw out is living community. Um, mm-hmm. when, when you live in community, uh, you're literally spreading out the burden amongst everybody else, right? We're called to do that. Galatians. Mm-hmm. Bear um, one another's burdens. Bear one another's burdens. Yeah. Carry one another's burdens. And like I said, like when I, when I got to the point where I just let go of my embarrassment, my shame, whatever, my pride, and told Summer, then, like I said, like I just felt mm-hmm. a, a, a better almost automatically. Um, and so I knew there were still some things I had to do, but I felt, um, you know, I knew that I wasn't alone uh, is kind of what it came down to. So if you deal with anxiety, worry, depression, doubt, fear, any of that stuff, know that when you're part of a community, you don't deal with that by yourself. And let right? me say another thing that's very important that I think, uh, you know, you know, I, I, I like to be honest with people. Mm-hmm. And... And then to me, there's a correlation with with our physical health as, health as well. Healing hurts. Yes. But pain and hurt is not synonymous with harm. Hmm. And so just like I remember when I broke my leg, it hurt. And then when they took the cast off because my leg was stiff for so long, those first initial bends of the knee hurt. Yeah but I was healing. That's good. Mm-hmm. And so what I want to say about that is, you know, don't run away from the pain of healing. That's good. Mm-hmm. You know, you you may have a, a rough moment and it's going to hurt. But like Danny said, if you're going through that rough moment with Jesus, processing it in community, guess what you're also doing? You're healing. That's good. Um, so, so, yeah. I love it. Episode nine, y'all. That was. That I can't was believe great. it. I mean, we we almost to the last episode of the season. That's oh right. My gosh. After episode ten, we are going to take a break, and so y'all, uh, it's going to make you sad a little bit. You're going to miss us, but it, you're going to be okay. Uh, but <laughs> we're still um, here in person. We're still here. We're, we're going to come back. You know, with the next next season after yes. that. Uh, so we're going to take a little bit of break over the summertime. So, so y'all know if you if you've missed any of the previous episodes, go back, binge them, watch mm-hmm. them, listen to them. Uh, I believe that they're going to be a blessing to you. And if you believe they're a blessing to you, believe it's going to bless somebody else and share them on your social platforms as well. Uh, but thank you guys for hanging out with us today. Hey, do you think people should come like live and in person for that last one? Yeah, we are thinking about doing episode 10 live, having a live audience. Yes. So we want live responses, live claps. Amen. Live laughing, live amens. It's going to be great. And so uh, maybe you get to join the paper room episode 10 live. You get to enter the paper room. Live with us. And so love you guys so much. Y'all be blessed. Have a wonderful week. And thanks for hanging out with us.